Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. My favorite day of the week. Saturday morning. Uh, Earl Stewart on Cars is probably something we do anyway, If you, even if you weren't listening. Because we have so much fun in the studio. I mean, I'm, I'm about half serious about that, too. We really enjoy it. And um, it's uh, your feedback that is uh, uh, most interesting to us. We, you know, we, we prepare for the show and we try to uh, come up with some topics that you're interested in, check the automotive news and the local papers and everything. But your questions, really, is, uh, that's what's so cool about live radio talk. It's... It's you have the immediate pulse, the the real time pulse of what's going on in your minds, which tells us what we need to talk about. So, I encourage you, even if you're a little timid, uh, we have some venues to come through to us, communication-wise. But uh, if you're an extrovert and you don't fear talking on the radio live, it is scary. Some people it doesn't bother, but we love to have you call. That's that's the um, blood and soul of our of our show, or the callers, because we we get to know them, we hear their voices, uh, their emotions, uh, their happiness, their sadness, and uh, we find about their experiences just recently, all over the country, all over the world, really. So, if you can call us at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, that's eight seven seven. 960-9960, you're really helping the audience, you're helping us, you're helping yourself. It is really, really cool uh, to come up with uh, some challenges and questions, uh, experiences, and constructive criticism. So if you, uh, if you haven't got a question now or a thought about it, you might want to write it down if you've got a pencil handy. Uh, if you could type this in or write this in somewhere, 877 960 9960. Now, everybody doesn't call because, as I said earlier, uh, we're, all, we're not all extroverts. But uh, if you want to text us, we have a text number. And that's really probably the most popular thing these days, communication-wise. Uh, I, I prefer receiving a text or sending a text to the conversation. Uh, that's just me. But if you're like me, text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now, the nice thing about the text is we will get to it. I mean, sometimes you can't get through on the phone. I apologize for that in advance. I know some of you uh, have called and uh, the lines are full, the lines are busy, and you have to wait. We try everything we can not to make you wait. Nancy Stewart, my co-host, she watches the monitor on her laptop, and as soon as you get on the line, she knows it. So unless the lines back up too far, 
we try to jump, I will stop whatever I'm doing, and so will Stuart or Rick, and we go right to phone calls. Uh, but if we don't, then the text. The text is 772-497-6530. And guess what? Nancy Signal, we have a caller. We do. A regular caller. Good morning, everyone. We're going to talk to Howard this morning. He's giving us a call from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Beautiful morning. Yeah. Gorgeous. Very. Yeah, well, I'm down in Florida now. I'm in Jupiter. I'm looking at my uh, sliding doors. Ah, you I made see it. A balcony. Yeah, I see a balcony. They uh, reconstructed yeah. my balcony. What a nice, nice I thing to come home it. to. <laughs> I've been God for too long. How nice. Long enough, yeah. Yeah. And it's It's the last day of winter. Good for you. I'm going to break a record today, (laughs) I believe. I don't need black records like that. I don't like it too hot, but what can you do? This is Florida. Um, My question is about rotating tires. Um, Usually you, you rotate back, front to back. Why not crisscross? That's what I, uh, yeah, I, I, before radial ties, you couldn't do this. But I think radial ties, you can crisscross. Is that correct? Actually, that's opposite. It was the old polyester bias ply tires that we recommended crisscrossing. And it was because of the design of the belts in the tire that they would wear kind of funny. But crisscrossing would help to uh, avoid that odd wear pattern. The modern tire which pretty much been around the past 20 years or so uh steel belted radials the problem with crossing steel belted radials is that they will create a radial tire pull quite often and so if you cross them during the rotation if you're crossing them as they go to the back you won't really notice it but once those tires go up to the front you'll actually get a pull to one direction or the other We see this quite often with cars. We'll have a customer come in, and we do a tire rotation, and they come right back. They say, my car is pulling to the right like crazy. And we cross the two front tires, drive it again, and it goes straight as an arrow. Really? Never heard of that. Really interesting. Uh, Now, another question. I was driving down I-95 from New York. I was going 80. And... I know there's some people who go going 90, actually. Uh, now, when you change your oil every 10,000 miles, if you're doing that high-speed driving, <clears throat> should you change it at 10,000 miles when your engine is revving up that much? 10,000 is still a, a perfect number to stick with. Uh, bear in mind that traveling at those highway speeds, your engine kind of acts then like a dishwasher. It, it gives it a chance to get that oil really nice and hot, The oil then works on all the deposits in the engine and breaks down any of those little deposits that have been building up. And because it's running at that nice uh, highway speed for a good length of time, that's actually what helps clean your engine out quite a bit. So it's it's not a bad thing to do that. Love that analogy, dishwasher and oil. Well, if you think about it, your dishwasher runs for a long time with really hot water. It's a good analogy. And that's what cleans all all that goo off your dishes. Same thing with the engine. Okay. One other question about tires. And my son has a car, I think it's a Mini or something, and it's a Z-rated tire. And uh, mm-hmm. he found a deal at, uh, at Costco or Sam's, I believe Sam's. 
the same car, H-rated. And uh, I know it has to do with uh, if you're driving high speeds. He doesn't drive high speeds. Can he go to an H-rated tire? H-rated tires. One step down. One step down. Yeah, H H are generally they're they're totally fine for everyday normal highway driving, even at speeds of 75, 80, 90 miles an hour. Uh, the higher speed rated tires are generally intended for the more performance cars that would be traveling or potentially could be traveling at much higher speeds. Uh, like Earl, he has absolute Zeta rated tires because you know his car will do 475 miles an hour on the straightaway. <laughs> Look on. I've never been over 400. Yet. <laughs> really? Now, I have a Camry and it's Z-rated. My tires are Z-rated, which is great. I like it. Yeah, and that's actually uh, quite often on the, the lower profile tires. You'll find they will get them to a higher rating. Uh, that way the, the tire can cover a lot more models of cars, too. Okay, next question. Uh, I'm a snowbird. I go up north. A lot of potholes. Uh, how, how is this going to affect my suspension? Uh, uh, drive shafts and everything. Could they, uh, could get, they get out of whack? Uh, because the pothole. In other words, my question is: if, if I hit potholes a lot, what damage does it do to the car? Well, the first thing is you're impacting the tire itself, which can damage the rubber in the tire, cause damage there. Uh, it can damage the wheel on a good hard impact. It can warp the rim, or even sometimes crack it or break the rim. Uh, other suspension components, of course, are going to feel all that abuse. So, if if at all possible. You know, if, if you can, slow way down on the really bad roads. Take those potholes at a nice, easy speed, gentle as possible, and avoid them if you can, really. Yeah, it's hard to avoid them when you're, when you're up and you're up. Yeah, I understand that one. Yeah, but the drive shafts will not be affected, correct? Drive shafts are going to be one of the last pieces, really, to have any real effect from that. Uh, it's more like the alignment can get knocked a little bit out of whack. The struts are going to take some abuse uh, and the various suspension components in the front end. But the drive shafts really are not going to get as much abuse. And on struts, uh, how long does struts last in the car? Let's say a car that's uh, driven pretty hard. Oh, nowadays, even, even with really being abused, 80,000, 90,000 miles or more. The technology on that has come up so far. It used to be we would recommend struts every 35, 40,000 miles. Now it's like, nope, they just, unless one of them happens to develop a leak or get bent or damaged from an impact, they just go right along. I'm, okay, now, yeah. My, no. my, my last truck that I had, my Tacoma, 270,000 miles on my old 4x4 Tacoma, I never replaced the struts or shocks. They were perfect all the way through. Wow, that's very interesting. But if you, if you, if you drive to Florida, yep. that's why. If you drive up to New York... You know, yeah, I've, I've been up there. The roads aren't quite as smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove through New York once. Once. Everywhere. Like, you know, like on the interstate, the turnpike, everything is like big chunks in the concrete. It's, it's, yep. it's terrible. Oh. They have less nails than we have down here. Yeah. Drive through Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> By the way, uh, it's the freeze and thaw that does it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Florida, you don't have freeze. 
How far up do you have to go uh, on I-95 before you get uh, freeze and thaw? In other words, uh, it's not a related Carolinas. question. But, uh, North Florida actually will get some freezing temperatures in the wintertime, enough that it will start to harden the ground up. But really into Georgia or the Carolinas before you start getting that, that really hard freeze in the ground. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, uh, Howard, you got some great questions. I really appreciate your call. Yeah. I, I learn from your questions and Rick's answers almost as much as the audience. You really ask some interesting ones. We really appreciate it. But I learn from your show. That's what's well, important. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. And you guys are great. You guys are great. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Howard. I'll call again next week. Oh, Wonderful. we hope so. Thank you. Enjoy the balcony. Bye. <laughs> Have Bye. a great weekend. Okay, back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we were just uh, talking about how valuable the callers were, and you just witnessed it live. <clears throat> I, I meant what I said to Howard. Uh, uh, he's been around a long time, and he's, uh, he knows a lot about cars, comparatively speaking, and he comes up with some very interesting questions. So uh, things change, and uh, you know the cars today are so different from the cars 10 years ago, or if you're driving a 20-year-old car, forget about it. It's a brand, everything's almost different in the cars, the tires and everything else. So uh, you callers out there, uh, please consider calling the show at 877-960-9960. I gave you the, the text number, 772-497-6530. But I didn't tell you about our special line. Nobody else has one of these. I've heard no radio shows, TV, anyone that uses this anonymous feedback. And we get a lot of uh, um, emails uh, through anonymous feedback. So if you go to this web link, youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, anonymous, youranonymousfeedback.com, you can communicate with us and remain totally anonymous. We don't know who you are or where you are, and uh, you can say anything you like. When we first did this, and the reason most other people don't do this, is they're afraid of criticism. I think it would be wonderful if politicians had these, don't you? Wouldn't it be nice if you could, you could uh, wire or, I mean, uh, email anybody, uh, CEO of a company, uh, you know, the manager of a company. If we all had anonymous, we could really find out what the world really thinks about us. And we do that. And we're cutting edge. No one else does it. And you know something interesting? Very few people attack us. You know, uh, we see these every week. We see them all week long. And usually they're constructive. And it's very interesting. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook. Earl Strew and Cars, forward slash Facebook.com. Got that backwards. Facebook.com, forward slash Earl and Cars. And we're also on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Earl and Cars. So you stream us live, and you can see us here in the studio. We took our mask off about three weeks ago, and you can see our pretty faces. Well, this one pretty face. Uh, and uh, we would love to have you uh, stream us. Um, I want to uh, ask you specifically, you heard Rick's knowledge just a minute ago when Howard called. Anyone has a question on a car, their electronics. Or weather. Or weather. <laughs> <laughs> You can get the information from Rick Kearney. He's a certified diagnostic master technician. <laughs> and he is uh, up 
to date because he's always in school. He's doing online classes. He goes to real classes, <laughs> and he's learning daily. If you don't learn today and you're in technology like automobiles, uh, you're way behind. Be careful when you're taking your car into a technician. Uh, be sure that they're up to date, and uh, we can talk about that too, how you can confirm that. Uh, Stu Stewart is, is in charge of our mystery shopping reports. Uh, we've got a, another one out of state. I love going out of state uh, when we do that. It compares cultures. I mean, uh, I've lived in Flo South Florida all my life, but you know, the world is not like South Florida. Uh, the Midwest is a different story. And uh, the East Coast and the West Coast, uh, North and South, all our cultures are different and car dealers are different. And we're learning this when we mystery shop out of <laughs> state. So you'll be, you'll be thrilled to listen to the report. Stu also monitors our text, anonymous feedbacks, and our Facebook. So uh, I'll shoot it over to, to Stu and see if he's got anything for us. Yeah, but mystery shopping out of state is great. Like he said, comparing cultures because usually and i'm not gonna say it's the case every time but typically we're seeing um better behaved dealers up up out of up, up north and so it opens a window to the listeners down here in south florida who hear how it could be yeah. how, how it how it might be if uh, enough people you know stood up and and, and kind of fought back against and as it. high prices yeah. cars are today you might want to fly to pennsylvania and buy one yeah listen to the shopping report Drive I, think, it home. I think the math would work <laughs> right. uh, yeah um, yeah, so we start off every week. We try to with Emery's uh, uh, kickoff text, and she's got one waiting for us this morning. She says, good morning. Originally, um, auto manufacturers faced supply chain problems due to a lack of chips from other countries. Now some companies are having supply chain shortages because they can't get wiring harnesses from Ukraine. I have three questions. One, are there any other parts that come from other countries that are in short supply? Yes. As a matter of fact, I've got a big, big update. Southeast Asia is getting hit really hard with COVID. Um, Vietnam, Malaysia, and a ton of Toyota parts come um, from, uh, and I imagine other manufacturers come from that same region of the world. And we just got notified there's going to be um, some big cutbacks in production uh, because of that. So we're seeing supply chain issues in Southeast Asia. Um, that's a big one. Second well, question. Let, let me hold oh, yeah. this up so we can see why Anne-Marie is such an amazing caller. In my hand, I'm holding the Automotive News, which is the trade journal for the manufacturers and the car dealers. And the main op-ed comment in the, in the Automotive News, and this is the current Automotive News, says, you can build a car without chips, but not without wire harnesses. Now, Anne-Marie, somehow or other, maybe she subscribes to Automotive News, but isn't that amazing? I hope you're listening, Anne-Marie, because oh, you are uh, by far our, our most intelligent, uh, perceptive, interesting uh, texter. I mean, you really give us some great text and we really appreciate it, yeah. but that's very true. It is. It, that story is picked up in Reuters and um, Financial Times and ABC News, So, huh. so but the, the, the big one is, is Automotive News. I think they're the ones that led with it. So yeah, you got, a, you got an inside track, Emory. Uh, your second question is, could it now be in our best interest to build all our parts in this country like we used to so our manufacturers wouldn't be at the mercy of shipping snafus or shortages of materials and parts coming from other countries? Unfortunately, I th we're in a global economy now. I don't know if you can un untie that knot at this point, but we get your point. I think, I think that is an interesting point. I agree that we can't just always source locally our parts. 
uh, meaning the USA, but I think we can be thinking in terms of the countries that we contract with, and I think we should always have a backup. So basically, if you've got yourself uh, some parts that are coming out of China or Russia, uh, I, if I were a manufacturer, I would second source those at a few other calmer places, yeah. because you never know what's going to happen in these volatile areas of the world, and unless you have a backup, it's not just uh, things like this. Remember Takata crisis? Yeah. You had to um, get rid of Takata airbags, um, but the problem is there weren't any other sources, so they had to replace the bad Takata airbags with uh, newer bad Takata airbags. Yeah, yeah really makes uh, sense. <laughs> yep. Um, Anne-Marie's third part to her question says, frustration abounds for both companies and their customers due to shortages. What would you suggest, and this is a great one for Earl, what would you suggest the best way to have happy customers and companies? Well, you know, it sounds corny, but I, I think you're just honest uh, with your customers. Sometimes it's painful to be honest because sometimes um, you have to, if you tell the truth and you're totally transparent, you have to tell them something that uh, is not good for your business. And uh, uh, that's hard to do. And I, you know, I, some people can't do it. They can't afford to do it. Uh, but if uh, I think the best thing you can do uh, with your customers is just lay it on, yeah. lay your cards on the table. Believe it or not, like we, surprisingly, we've seen on these mystery shops, most salespeople are doing that up front, are setting up expectations. Now they're probably doing that so they can get a higher price, but they're telling you up front that you're not going to find a car right now. Mm-hmm. You're going to wait six months to get a car. But the trick is, is like you said, being honest about the situation and and communicating. Because what we've experienced is when you have 500 um, orders that you're trying to manage and people are waiting for their cars. If you're not communicating properly, people get frustrated, they're in the dark, they don't know what's going on. So constant communication, constant honest communication is the answer. You know, interestingly enough, the way the uh, prices have soared now, uh, in, in a way, dealers are being more honest. Uh, they're, uh, you, you could say they're being honest and cocky and arrogant, but at least honest is part of it. So when you come into a car dealership, a lot of them that we've mystery shopped, uh, as Stu just said, the first thing you hear is, you know, we're short of cars and we're going to have to charge you an addition over and above MSRP. Um, and, uh, and the last survey showed that 82% of every vehicle, new vehicle sold in the USA, 82% of those were over MSRP. And the and that is thousands of dollars. It's, it's over $2,000 average. So... They're telling you that up front, mainly because it's true, and they know you have to pay it if you want to buy a car. So that's, a, that's kind of ironic. Rick? You had mentioned uh, Takata. We actually are still replacing Takata airbags even today. And, folks, nhtsa.gov slash recalls. Check your VIN. See if your car has any open recalls. Yeah. Okay, back to <laughs> Back to Stu. Okay. Let's, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm going inter- yeah, right. to interrupt Stu. Uh, folks, that number is 877-960-9960. We're going to go back to the phones. Uh, thank you for holding, Marty. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Nice to hear your voice this morning. How's things going? Good. Uh, I got a couple questions for Rick. Okay. Uh, first, first question, why can't they make a car... It has a fixed alignment so that there's no way that the car can go out of alignment and therefore tire companies and dealerships and garages don't have a job or make money off alignments. 
Well, some cars are actually pretty close to that. Um, most cars with a McPherson strut suspension in the front, that's basically the almost all cars now, you have no adjustment for caster or camber, really, only the front toe. And a lot of the smaller cars, the back wheels, have no adjustments whatsoever, toe or anything. The problem being on that, that say you live in an area where you have a lot of road crown, like here in South Florida, the roads are really steeply pitched to the right to help water flow off. If we can't adjust the alignment to compensate for that, when you're driving down the road, you're gonna be fighting that steering wheel to keep from having it turn right all the time. And vehicles that have different changes in weight can change the alignment angles, the way the car will drive. So ha being able to adjust those alignment specifications, uh, say your car gets in a, a minor little bump, you hit something pretty good with one side and it bends something just a tiny little bit. If we can make a small adjustment with the alignment to bring it back into specification, your car will drive normally, not cause any other damage, even with that component not being perfectly straight like it was before. Well, great question and great answer. I learned something. I did too. I never thought well, about because that. I, I thought I was going to say, well, cars move and they're going to get out. There's, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Marty, great question and yeah. great answer. Yeah. Thank you. I got another I'm just going to shut up and Rick. listen today. <laughs> I got another question for Rick. Is there any chip shortage at Earl Stewart Toyota where, the ch where they need this chip to fix the problem? Well, uh, yesterday there were no corn chips in the snack machine. Uh -huh. <laughs> actually, Rick, I, uh, I right now the, next week. The, the chip shortage is actually starting to catch up. We're starting to get cars in stock. Um, for parts coming out of the parts department, we're not seeing issues quite so much on back order parts for the, the chip issues. We are seeing part shortages on some other things that are you wouldn't really expect, like air filters are getting increasingly hard to get just simple air filter for the engine uh is that the 12 of, volt batteries that's because of microchips no it's just the the nor the like covid and other things like like oh, yeah, was saying earlier yeah, covid yeah. In, in the southeast but as far as microchips have you had any parts that weren't available because that part included a microchip and we've you could, had we've had a car? few we've had a few yeah. certain yeah. uh electronic components yeah. That was that, the question. Yeah. yeah, that we've had a few times, but I was talking to it's our, getting better. I talked it to our rep on uh, they're, they're considering right. ways, like similar to what Ford is doing, shipping some vehicles without some features, um, and that's a discussion that Toyota is having right now. They haven't mm -hmm. done it yet, uh, but for some things that are not you know crucial, it speed up an order, car can get delivered, and then they bring it back later for the rear backup camera or whatever they're leaving out. Right. And well, we, we actually had another fact. Just so you know, uh, I took my wife's CRV over to Ed Morse Honda for service, for their six-month service. They had two CRVs in a lot. One was an all-wheel drive one, and one was their real cheaper one. And all their cars have a 2995 add-on. Mm -hmm. Pretty standard. Their, uh, yeah. Pretty standard. It's, uh, as I said earlier in the show, 82% every car sold uh, uh, in modern modern history the past several months has been over sticker price. And typically, uh, before the, the situation with the microchip shortage, the average car sold at over $2,000 under sticker. So it's a huge swing. You're looking at about a $4,000 swing in prices. That's huge. That's the reason we tell people, don't buy a new car today if you can help it.
No, you're right. You're right. All right. Thanks for all the information. Have Thanks, a good Martin. day. Yeah, Martin. Great call. Okay. Great call, Marty. Thank bye you. Bye. Thank bye. you, Marty. Uh, again, that number is 877-960-9960. You can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, that uh, site that you can go to, um, www, your anonymous feedback, certainly is helpful for anyone who really doesn't want to call or uh, expose their name or even text. I think we're going to go back to Stu. Sure. Um, I'm going to jump over to anonymous feedback. Um because we're all out of text. This is a really interesting one. U- UPS trucks almost never take left-hand turns. Uh, by favoring right-hand turns at all times, unless a left is unavoidable, the carrier saves millions of gallons of fuel each year and avoids emissions equivalent to over 20,000 passenger cars. It might be a good tip for your listeners. <laughs> I tried that one time, but you wound I, up kept, in the <laughs> I kept going in a circle. I couldn't get home. I was going to say you wound up in Miami or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, is that possible? Mythbusters actually took that one on. Really? That it was in that. one of their later seasons and they studied and they said yes, they actually found that if they could plan it out properly, it would actually save a certain amount of fuel and time for the drivers. Amazing program. Well, we learned peace, a lot Grant. from it. They they were going for everything. Uh, they they would try it. Yeah. Well, oh, that's great. Okay, the next one. Uh just a question for us. It says, thank you so much for doing the Brayman BMW for the mystery shop. Um, can we do a Mercedes dealer next time? Uh, maybe not next time, but we will do a Mercedes dealer really soon. Uh, right now, our uh, mystery shopper is out in the field somewhere in America, somewhere in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will not reveal it, um, but she's nowhere near um, a mystery. Oh, well, she, she maybe she could find a Mercedes dealership uh, somewhere else, but we will do that for you. We promise. I think we ought to send her to the Lamborghini dealership. <laughs> They have tons of cars, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be boring. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would spice it up with like all sorts, you know, I would make it funny, I'm sure. Um, there's an anonymous feedback. I live in a street level condo. Can I use the 220 volt outlet for my dryer and a very long cable to charge a Tesla? Well, you won't be able to dry your clothes then. Um, you can use a 220-volt outlet, I know, that to charge an electric vehicle. I don't know about the safety or the wisdom of running a long extension cord outside mm. of your condo down the hallway. And, but I don't know how long you're talking about. Rick could probably address this a little bit more expertly. Uh, that's one I would shy away from. I would be very nervous it, yeah. about the idea of that, especially a long cord that you know, you're going to have to run it across grass, across Sidewalks. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to trip on uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be real nervous about that. Here, here's an interesting bulletin on charging. Uh, uh, the Israelis have a co- company in Israel has come up with a battery charger that currently will charge an electric vehicle uh, up to 100 miles in five minutes. And they are working so that before too much longer, they'll be able to charge uh, that battery up to 100 miles in two minutes. Now, that is really interesting because you know sometimes uh, you're on the road and uh, you don't want to have to wait it's 20 minutes now mm-hmm. for a 80 percent charge yeah. but two minutes on a, on a supercharger yeah, yeah two two minutes is really that, cool that beats that beats a gas fill up um but seriously for the uh, uh anonymous feedback question submitter um 
check. I mean, these charging stations, like a charge point charging station, is around a thousand dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money for an individual, but um, for a condo, I mean, there there's probably going to be more people getting electric vehicles. It might be in the interest of your condo association to you know to splend, splurge on a couple of charging spots you know, yeah. in front of the building. And I could just imagine what an HOA would say about that cord stretched yeah, out to your car. Yeah, the condo commandos will come around and unplug that cord immediately. <laughs> so uh, that's it. We're all caught up. Do you have any questions or comments on YouTube, Rick? Uh, actually, the only one I've got so far is Negan1 says, I got word major shortages in electronics for industry. Electrical supplier just sent out everything's on four-month back order. And the food industry is actually being affected. So, you know, this thing is not affecting just cars. Yeah. This this is like... It's affecting pants. The entire world. It's it's affecting everything. Yeah, very true. I Even mean, that remote you use, uh, turn that TV yeah. off and on. Um, Rick, how is the uh, nickel um, shortage going to, you know, affect uh, the auto industry? Electric vehicles? Batteries. Um, I mean, yep. 60... 60%, I believe, of uh, nickel is used nickel in a lot, a used lot of the hybrid the batteries. batteries. Yep. Well, and that, that's also a big part of why electric cars are having such an issue is the metals and the materials needed to produce those batteries, they're only found in certain areas, and they're quite expensive to mine. So, you know... It's coming, folks. It's coming. It's yeah. just it's yeah. it's it, going to take some growing pains. Exactly. You know, it's um, it's amazing how resilient you know we we are because uh, it just we just keep the laundry list it's longer and longer. Well, we did, we didn't we switch away from on. horses and into cars overnight. You know that that took quite a few years to do that full switch over to cars. Yeah, this this is true, and it's amazing that we sit here and we're talking about batteries and electric vehicles and everything. There was a time that, uh, you know, nobody really wanted to address the issue. They weren't ready, and uh, everybody's talking. Everybody's talking. Yep. Hey, 77-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and uh, ladies... Even this morning, we didn't forget, even though we didn't mention it earlier, $50 for the first two new lady callers. So uh, you've got plenty of time to call in. We've got uh, over over an hour because about 9.30 we swing into the mystery shopping report and Agent Lightning did a fantastic job again. We are going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Nancy just brought up the topic of nickel. She just hit the buffalo head right away what's going on with nickel. Nickel this year so far is up 500% in price. Elon Musk just raised the Tesla, which he justified, $1,000 on one model, 2000 on another. Why so important? Not only the price of paints, but the nickel alone that's used in an electric vehicle battery it uses 80 pounds of nickel. Oh, Lord. It comes out to $1,750 per car battery. Wow. And the cost is still tremendously rising. And incidentally, you talk about wiring harnesses from Ukraine. There's a big problem on the BMW plant in South Carolina because all the BMW SUVs are made in that plant. And I don't know exactly, they're not saying, but there's a terrific shortage because those vehicles with the wiring harness but getting back to nickel again, um, the, the reason for raising it's the, the biggest one of the biggest countries 
that we get our Russia from is in Siberia, is in Russia, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, that has to do with our uh, exporting. And But it's an individual, a very wealthy individual that owns the largest producer in Iberia, and they use it for uh, the nickel for producing stainless steel. And it's a private owner. Wow. So I don't know if the sanctions affecting this individual or what, but it's a, it's a major problem. But let me tell you about other supplies that with the new cars. Just take paint. I bought a paint in Blows a week ago, and it's a fake out. Every, we're getting pay more for less. You think it's a gallon of paint. You read on the label, and it says right on the gallon, 3.43 liters, <coughs> and it says 116 fluid ounces. Now, a, a gallon is 3.78 liter, but the can looks just like you're getting a gallon. So this is going on with our food products, with our cleaning supplies, with everything. The one thing I'm shocked about is the, uh, and, and uh, quite a few uh, shows back, uh, Howard brought this up. Finally, Walmart got in the summer fluid of the windshield washer fluid and it distinctly uh, all across it says made in usa and here's the catch plus 32 degrees only it's a summer formula so as howard once pointed out people like him you're going up north you're putting that fluid in your car down here and it actually freezes and the plastic container that the uh went the uh uh your brake uh, uh, antifreeze will freeze on it and cost of those things to replace are not cheap so you have to be very careful I still don't understand to this day why a product that's made in America has been out four months but they finally got it in a Walmart and it flies off the shelf so hmm. I just want to point out some of the shortages in uh, particularly nickel I mean it's a problem with electric vehicles yeah, so some, definitely. I want to shout out on that. Nancy, Nancy, 100% came up with that nickel problem. Yeah, it's amazing the things we don't even think about, you know. That, well, you uh, imagine 80 pounds of nickel in each EV vehicle, and that's 1750 per car, per battery hmm. of nickel. I got three batteries in my Tesla, so I wonder how much they weigh. Well, here's the scary Probably thing. The majority of the weight of your car. <laughs> robbing the batteries from these we've already in a problem we mentioned a few weeks ago on this show part of the country where they're uh, stealing the catalytic converters my daughter lives in Brooklyn on one block alone that's a good neighborhood Brooklyn Heights uh, four cars overnight cut the catalytic converter off and it's not only the cost of the converter but when they're cutting it off your tailpipe and your header pipe are damaged so it's expensive, probably maybe two three thousand dollars, and again the product they can't get it. So, and and the scary part you saw it on TV, they're bending down with a portable electric drill and they're drilling holes in a gas tank and draining people's gas, yep. which is a yep. dangerous procedure. It is. And it's very very frightening. I mean, it's the cost of a product that makes it the thieves start stealing it. So exactly. I said enough for now, but I just want to point out the nickel that Nancy brought up yeah. mentioned. Thanks, John. Thanks very so much, John. Very interesting. You always have okay. great information for us. We look forward to talking to you. 
um, again next week. Um, we are going to go to Bobby, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Nice to speak to you. Um, I often call and get information, and I thank you for giving me the information, but I want to encourage the listeners to take the information that they get and use it at the car dealers. I'm surprised when I invoke Earl Stewart's name or Rick's name or the information that I get. When I tell them what I know from what you've told me, I get a different level of service. And it's it's pretty interesting. Um, and, and I think it's worthwhile that, that people go ahead and do that. Instead of just assuming that the dealer knows what they're doing, re- recite back the information that you got from the show, and it, and it works. This is true. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And this, I, thinking back to the earlier days when I first got into the business, usually it's, it's a salesperson um, assesses a customer, tells the manager about what kind of person they're dealing with. You know, this guy's a chiseler. He's, he's working for Or this guy is a uh, internet warrior. Anyway, the guys that uh, display uh, knowledge and they, they have some information about the way that things work, they go, this guy is an insider, you know, just it's the path of least resistance. So that instead of putting up a fight, you're more likely to get the breaks just by talking about what you know. You don't have to be arrogant about it. You just um, come across as an, as an educated, well-informed uh, person, cite the show, that's a great idea, or cite the information that we're giving out. And uh, path of least resistance. They're not going to want to put up a fight. They'll move on to the next uh, person they can consider a sucker. <laughs> right, right. They, and they, they're often surprised that I, <coughs> I say, I, I was speaking to a car dealer. Right. And yeah. occasionally they'll say, which car dealer? To sort of, and, I'll, and I'll tell them. And, it, and that sort of, <laughs> it sort of changes the conversation. Um, yeah. the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I spoke to, I thought this was interesting and I didn't know about it. I talked to a man whose business it was to represent car dealers in getting manufacturers to reimburse for uh, warranty work. Hmm. And I didn't consult. think that would be a business, but like, for instance, like a dash, you remember when the dashboards had to be replaced? Well, his job was to get reimbursed the, the car dealers. He worked for, he, he told me, I think he worked, one of the places was Hollywood Toyota or something. He would go to the manufacturer and say, this is our labor rate. This is our cost of the part. And then Bobby, reimburse can, that way. Can you give us the name of that lawyer? Or or maybe, uh, if you don't want to give it to us on the on the show, maybe you text it. I, I love to know an attorney that specializes in that sort of thing, because we get a lot of requests. Um, I don't. I, um, I only met him once, but I will meet him again, and I'll get that information, and I'll get it to you. But isn't that an interesting business? It is. I, I mean, uh, lawyers listening, there's a huge demand uh, for this. Uh, people that are uh, um, educated in consumer law with respect to automobiles, servicing and buying factory warranties and things like this. Uh, the problem is uh, you can know you've been taken advantage of, but unless you have some knowledge of the subject, if you're an attorney, you're, sometimes you're a little bit reluctant to represent them. I, I looked it up. I didn't see anything. I'm surprised there's, there's an awful lot of lawyers out there that are car warranty lawyers. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's just wow. a whole. Uh, it's a thing I didn't know existed. <laughs> and just well, be, Again, yeah. I continue to yeah. learn. My next blog. <laughs> see, Bobby, no. but that's the reason Good we love phone calls. Uh, without, without your call, we wouldn't have known that. Now we'll be able to get that information, maybe even put it on our website, and share it with our listeners because uh, I've, I've called lawyers on behalf of 
callers before and they say I'm sorry I don't do that uh, call this guy and 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 it's hard to find just without knowing where to go now we know where to go we'll check it out well present company excluded it's, it's sort of nice to hear that the manufacturers try to cheat the dealers just like the dealers try to cheat the customers. <laughs> right. I don't know if that's nice to hear but yeah I get your point well well it's, it gives you a little comfort. Right. Thanks a lot for the information. Thank and, you, Bobby. And, and Bobby, if you're still listening, you know, boy, are you right? Um, you know, just checking everything on uh, internet. You have it at your fingertips before you walk into the dealership. Whether you're getting your car serviced, whether you're purchasing a car, leasing, whatever it is, but uh, knowledge is definitely power, and uh, you get their attention when you walk into service. So, Rick, I just would like to say that to me. An educated consumer, someone that knows about cars and comes in and says, hey, yo, can you show me why you're recommending this repair on my car? Yeah. That's the customer I want because when I take them back and I spend 30 seconds saying, here's the leak, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I want to do to correct it, and they make an educated decision, boom. It yeah. just goes smooth, quick, and easy. Yeah, there's no second And I get to go working on the car, yeah. and I'm not sitting around waiting while they're try- while a service rider is trying to explain to the customer why they need it because yeah. a, an educated customer makes all the difference in and the world. And you don't have to be from Missouri. Yeah. And customer the show me state. <laughs> for for anyone out there, don't be afraid to ask the mechanic to show you what they're talking about and tell you why you need that repair. Yeah. So helpful. Is is the best way because yeah. that way you understand why it needs to be fixed. And it, you can make an educated decision. Yeah. You can explain so it to your family. With that is, it's very hard to get to the technician, and usually you're dealing with a service salesman. Yeah. He calls himself a service advisor, and he insinuates that he's an expert, and most of these guys are not. Some of them do have knowledge. In fact, uh, probably a lot of them have some knowledge, but the technician is the one that has the knowledge required to fix your car. And it's very difficult. I, I know very few customers that have called the show, and I very few customers, period, that have told me about conversations with the actual technician. Yep. Okay. That's a great point, Rick. Um, we're going to go to Frank. He's a regular caller from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning to you all. I actually have um, a little problem that I'm sure you guys are going to be able to solve. Okay. And um, I have a 2018 Ford F-150 pickup truck. And the battery, even though it's only about a year old, they put in under warranty, is no longer warranted once the truck went out of warranty. Um, so it's kind of mystifying. So I need to get a battery. And I remember a show uh, several months ago where you guys were talking, I believe it was Napa, where they have the better batteries, or, or do you think about Battery Plus? Or exactly? We were, we were talking about Battery Plus, I think. Yeah. Um the, the main thing to look for with a battery is you want to make sure that you get the proper size battery for your car, uh, whatever whatever vehicle you're running, make sure you have the proper size battery, and look for a good brand name, Die Hard, Interstate, uh, but also try to find the highest capacity, cold cranking capacity battery that you can get. Uh, they generally will last longer because they've got more power in the battery and you're not putting as big a strain on each time you start the car, so the battery will actually last a little longer that way. Okay, that's that's um, interesting because I was looking at that. The battery that's in the truck now is an 800 cranking amps, 
and they have that a battery plus the Duracell battery. But then they have something else called the X2 Ultimate, um, da 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 da, mm-hmm. and it has 930 crank naps. It also goes from a 36 month total replacement warranty of 48, or maybe no, actually 60 months. Excuse me, 60 months. And um, they said something about it. So it's a two type of thing. It has starting power and reserve power. It has two complete batteries in one. Um, right. They're they're going to hit you with a whole lot of. Uh, terminology there and really try to confuse you just like any advertising place will but the the main thing you're looking for and it's not so much the cranking amps because they'll tell you cranking amps that it's rated at 32 degrees fahrenheit you want to know what the cold cranking amps are which is rated at zero degrees and a lot of batteries that's only a very minor difference in in the amount but a lot of them the cranking amps will be really high and the cold cranking amps will actually drop quite a bit. So that's the number you want to actually look at is the cold cranking amps. And Frank, uh, I know we, people get tired of us talking about consumer reports, but while you were talking to Rick, I just pulled up auto batteries on consumer reports. Uh, highest rated uh, batteries are the Delphi BU9065, and then there's the Super Sport Platinum AGM, and I'm not gonna read them all out, but there's a lot of recommended batteries on Consumer Reports, and it gives you the very best one. Best one uh, is uh, are, are rated 91. There's uh, three three batteries, the Delphi, Superstar, uh, and the Interstate. So uh, there's a wealth of information out there. You just have to access it. You know, I, I feel really, um, <laughs> kind of, I wouldn't say stupid, because, you know, then you then you make people think you are. Nah. I, I belong to the Consumer Reports for years. I take their surveys. I didn't even think about going on Consumer Reports. Yeah, I'm like that, too. I I, 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 I have to have you remind me sometimes. Same thing with... Uh, Google. Yeah, Google. I, all the time, I, I'm, 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 I'm scratching my head. I say, oh, I'll Google it. You'd be surprised uh, the information you can get. But uh, we're all like that. We're, maybe our grandchildren or children will remember. remember it. I mean, it'll become part of the way they think. Someone's right. phone's ringing. Well, I got to take that call, but you guys have a great day. I appreciate the help. Thanks, Thank Frank. Fine. Thanks so much, Frank. Uh, you know, we just can't say enough about Consumer Report. Uh, you know, go to consumerreport.org. A wealth of information. Google, uh, there's so many. Uh, there's so much information at our fingertips today. It's just, it's, it's really definitely amazing. Talking about information, you know, I can't go without mentioning. Um, Earl pointed out a, a AAA living to me uh, this past week. And uh, what was in it, lo, lo and behold, is a subject close to my heart that I mentioned uh, a year or two ago. And uh, that is uh, crash statistics and the fact that uh, uh, female dummies are just not uh, female dummies are not used it's all it's uh, male uh, uh, dummies that they're using and isn't it amazing I mean uh, consumer report doesn't say much about it and here they are uh, they do all this testing and they're into safety and so is uh, AAA everybody uh, but why uh, why aren't there female crash dummies and children? And uh, women are 20 to 28 percent more likely than men to be killed, and 37 to 73 percent more likely to be seriously injured. Well, there's some statistics. Well, it's pr- proof positive of the male chauvinist world we live in. And uh, 
you know, I, I, I evolved, I think, uh, anyone my age, uh, we were we were raised in a male chauvinist world, and uh, and it's it's falling. But for the United States government, safety testing, official government safety testing, to only test male safety, is outrageous. And I'm surprised that there isn't a groundswell of uh, women out there saying, "What the hell?" I mean, we've got a lot of women in the legislature now, Congress and the Senate. Uh, why aren't you saying something about that? The National Highway Traffic Safety Association and the ILHH, it was the the uh, the insurance. You're talking about IHTSA. IIHS. Yeah. These two testing agencies should definitely have the safety ratings. For men, women, and what about children? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, children—they they don't get the vote, so uh, children can forget about it, right? You can't vote. But if if your parents knew that the cars that you're driving in are far more unsafe right. for you than for them, and especially uh, more unsafe than for your father. It's yeah. crazy. And when you see a five-star safety rating, that means it's five-star safety rating for, for a, man for a five-foot-nine, hundred seventy-pound man. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, th this is true. It, that's close. The the uh, quote, uh, one hundred and seventy-one, you know, uh, uh, five-foot-nine inch male. Uh, but the fact remains, the uh, two. Uh, places that uh, we think we're safe with because they're doing all this. It's like the FDA, you know. I mean, you you feel pretty secure that it's been approved by the FDA. Let's go to the, uh, uh, you know, the National Highway uh, Safety, uh, Traffic Safety, and uh, of course the, as Earl mentioned, uh, IIHS. You think you're in good hands? Well, do I want to read? Do I want to read? A crash test bias I'm, I'm puts female drivers at risk. From guess where? Consumer Report. This is the 21st century. I'm in good hands, though. You are in good hands. Uh, but on a, another note. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I feel really guilty about it. <laughs> Oreo looks like he's eating good. So, uh. I'm sorry. That's a sidebar. <laughs> anyway, um, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. How do you feel about that? Did you know that? Um, I have a question for Stu and for Rick. Uh, does, oh, is there a car manufacturer that does test these vehicles, do a female crash test? I have no idea. Volvo? I have no, no idea. Volvo? No. no Volvo? No. No. Nobody knows about Volvo? No, it doesn't make any difference. What you have to have, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, you have to have a federal standard. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the car manufacturers, if they did test their cars... Um, uh, I wouldn't trust it. I mean, you have to have a, an independent third party do the, the safety checks on cars. Because otherwise, you're going to paint the picture and say, I've got every manufacturer that builds the safest car, if you ask them. Yeah. So. Well, I Googled it. It says Volvo um, is developed female anatomy uh, crash test dummies. Yeah. So I don't know if they're using it, but Volvo is interested at least. Because they say they did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it ca it caught my eye uh, this morning. Um, 877-960-9960. Ladies, give us a call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Can't go wrong. Any questions at all, or just say hello. We're going to go back to the phones where Jay is giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Um, I have a 2009 ES350. I've got 150,000 miles on it. About a month ago, I had the front and the back uh, brake pads and rotors replaced, and then also had the power steering pump replaced. Yesterday, I went in to get 
Uh, and I normally get the heavy work like that done at a local mechanic. And I went in yesterday to go get an oil change. I usually take that to one of the uh, the different little retail ones around town that do it. And one of the things that they suggested that I needed done was the brake fluid changed out. They basically said the fuel system cleaning, but they said the brake fluid looked very dirty. Is the brake fluid being dirty have anything to do with the brake pads and rotors being changed out? Should that have been something that my mechanic spotted when he was changing the pads and the rotors? Should he have noticed that the brake fluid was dirty, or is that not something he'd be looking for? Uh, he probably should have looked at it. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, brake fluid, basically, we only recommend it when it really starts to get dark colored and looking dark and contaminated. Um, Otherwise, we don't get too concerned with it except for just checking the level. It, uh, brand new brake fluid is going to be kind of a yellowish straw color. And as it gets older, it starts to darken up. It's absorbing a little bit of moisture from the air. And so there's really no maintenance interval that is recommended by any of the manufacturers for replacement. It simply said as needed. You know, if, if it becomes contaminated, it should be replaced. Well, d well dark... Um, brake fluid stop your car less efficiently than light colored. Still works fluid. just the same. Yeah. So I, I'm I think as long as you have <laughs> enough brake fluid, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. He always has the best questions. <laughs> yep. So I'm kind of at Amazing. their mercy when they're telling me that it needs to be changed out. And the, basically, the fuel system, the fluids need to be changed out. I'm sort of at their mercy to trust them on that, right? Yeah, well, pretty yeah. much. Well, that's the reason, you know, that's the reason the educated consumer, uh, now that you've got the answer on the brake fluid, you could just say, look, I know the dark brake fluid is just as good as light brake fluid, so I don't want you to change my brake fluid. Unless I don't have enough brake fluid, then I need, I need some more. There you go. Okay. All right, perfect. That answers my question. I appreciate it. Thank now, you, Jay. Thanks for the call. One other thing that we'll, we'll put out there is, even if the brake fluid starts to look a little bit low, you'll want to have the brakes inspected because brake fluid should only get low as the pads begin to wear out. Then when you put new pads on it and you compress the pistons back in on the calipers, that fluid level will come back up. So technically, you never should have to add brake fluid to your system. If there's a leak, then you'll need to get it fixed and have brake fluid added in. Great information. Okay, we're going to go to the back to the phones, and we're going to talk to uh, Julianne uh, from West Palm Beach. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, Welcome. I, thank you. I started driving in the 70s a while ago, and at that point I had a tape player, then it went to a cassette player, then it went to a CD player, and when I bought my 2021 Corolla, it took me a day to realize I have no player. Why did they remove them? It's just they're, they follow the technology. I mean, they don't have eight-track uh, tape players anymore in, in the cars. But it's always very frustrating, especially with people who have large collections of music and certain media. I remember when they first switched over from cassette players to CD, and we had a ton of customers, and we would offer um, burning um, their, their tape collection on the CD. And mm -hmm. right when we got good at that, they got rid of the, the CD players, and now everything is um, is streaming. And uh, so it is frustrating keeping yeah. up with the changes. Joey, you can transfer all your CDs uh, to uh, you know to your phone. You can put it online. Yeah. You can put it stream it where you can stream it. So you can just uh, store your all your 
all your uh, everything you want to play mm-hmm. on your on your uh, iPhone or your Android and uh, stream it through a Bluetooth and it's uh, once you get used to it, yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot tr- easier. It's yeah, a transition. Once, once, you get, once you get used to it, it is a transition. And, Julian, you mm-hmm. asked a question that I've asked myself a hundred times. I still ask myself that question when I get in my Avalon. And, gosh, <laughs> I, do I have the CDs? Do I have the A-tracks? I mean, it's just amazing. Um, the, uh, I wonder if someone would come into the house and say, oh, what are those? I mean, they wouldn't even know. The millennials, grandchildren, well, you know, great-grandchildren. Yeah. What's funny is my, my, my kids who are Gen, Gen Z, um, my daughter and my older son, they're into cassettes, um, vinyl records, um, all the old-fashioned oh. ways of listening to music. They think it's so cool. They're out selling CDs, you told me, I think. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, well, I know a record, just record vinyl records are making a huge comeback. Yeah. I have I have one myself, but my kids, they, they, they think cassettes are the greatest and, and CDs, and oh, like, wow. they like holding things. I'm like, I, yeah. I, we got rid of those I can't. two decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I once I saw a car with a reel-to-reel tape player. Oh, my really? God. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, Julianne, how like long has it been since you called? custom built in. Last week. Pardon me? Last week. Oh, you did? Okay. I thought I recognized I your name, the, but I wasn't sure yeah. when you called. I, yeah, I called about when I found out the name was Electronic Brakes. Um, yeah, Electronic oh, yeah. Brakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you a first-time caller? Last week. Yeah, yeah were you? Okay. Did you get your check? No, because I, 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 I know the lady in front of me got one. No, I didn't get a check. They didn't take my information. Yeah. Oh, well, now's your let chance. me tell you what. You send me your address. That's it. I send you a check. So all you got to do is send it to my email, and you can get what that e- email. Um, you can yeah send send me your address to my right. email address, and I can make out that check and put it in the mail. Right. What is your email address? And you, just like so many other women that have called in, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they think that they can have a check sent to their email, <laughs> but you can't. Oh, so Nancy S at E S toyota.com Nancy, what was the le- next letter? S, as in Stuart. S like Sam? Nancy. Stuart, oh, Stuart. There you Nancy go. Nancy S. And what was the rest? E, S, Toyota. Oh, okay. Dot com. Dot com. All right. Easy, Thank easy. Thanks for the phone I just, call. I'm, I must say, I felt like kind of an idiot spending a day looking for the thing on that um, in my car so I could possibly find an opening, and there was none. So <laughs> oh. no, no CD opening. But. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Thanks for the great question. Thank you. I love Bye-bye. it. Have a great weekend. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Okay, guys, which one of you are ready to go? I got one Rick? quick one here. It's kind of interesting. Derek Lopez says, I went to purchase a car from my sister. Saw a great phony Monroney addendum. $7,995 added on. It's a big one. For a lifetime. It's killing him. It it is. uh. (laughs) Lifetime powertrain warranty. Lifetime window tint. Lifetime pinstriping. And... 
complimentary service department Wi-Fi and snacks. That's uh-huh. like 7,000 isn't complimentary. Can you theoretically <laughs> charge for something that you're offering complimentary? <laughs> I've seen that a lot. Was like, I, I, I've seen that a lot on like some a lot of addendums that they'll throw in every amenity that the dealership has, um, like uh, car washes, maintenance, uh, manicures. <laughs> I, I, I but they stick it on the addendum label. I didn't hear tarot reading. Oh, that's, yeah, no tarot that's reading. That's coming. No. That's coming. I mean, what's life coming to? 877-960-9960. You can tell we're a bunch of comedians here. Whatever we have, we have to get through it, folks. But I'll tell you what. You out there, you guys are just the most important, and we love you every Saturday morning, and we love sharing information with you. But most of all, the information that you give us, how you educate us, you're an important part of the show. Don't forget that. 877-960-9960. We are going to go back to Stu, yep. who has some text for us. Yeah, I was just wondering why we haven't had any questions about the gas prices, which are just insanely high and ridiculous. And then I got a text from Negan. I don't know if Jonathan can put it up on the screen. I don't know if he sent this just to rub it in or just to be nostalgic. It's a picture of gas prices from the 70s. He says, just add it, put a four in front of these things. Whoa. Look at Jonathan's that. Jonathan's going to put it up on the screen. Look at that. $27, uh, 27 cents uh, a gallon for regular. Yeah, my current blog is about gas prices. Yeah. So call us about the gas prices. We really want yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, well, and, and I'm going to brag. <laughs> Yesterday morning, I paid three ninety nine a gallon at Costco. Here. All right. Did you? And boy, I'll tell you what. Costco, Sam's, they're yeah. all great places to go. And uh, folks, give us a call. Are you using Gas Buddy? Are you how are you using mm-hmm. Gas Buddy more often now than you did before? 877-960-9960. That's, that's a great app, by the way. Not, it, does, it, does, it does far more than just tell you the lowest, lowest gas price. It tells you where it is. It tells you the highest gas price. And you can put any zip code you want in there. I mean, it's very sophisticated. Easy app, gasbuddy.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're, before you buy gas, uh, you can save yourself eight, ten bucks. It's a, dramatic a how much the difference between uh, two stations just down the street from each other are. Exactly. I yeah. mean, uh, f- from the dealership, there's a there's a gas station um, to the north of us and one to the east, and they're about fifteen cents apart in, in price. And how you much? can fifteen cents, and you can see the their signs. Yeah, oh, I don't understand. Is, in my, is, in the, yeah. I'm going from recollection, but in my last blog, I did the gas buddy thing for my zip code. And the prices varied by 84 cents a gallon. Yeah. Multiply that times 20 gallons. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm jealous of Rick. I'm going to find that under under $4. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> isn't it? Gas Buddy location, you know, and if you're in the area, how much you can save. It's a great, great yeah. app, Gas Buddy. Mark Take advantage Smith just of it. posted 354 a gallon at one station in my city of 7,300 people in southwest Iowa. Oh. Yeah. 354. Hey, so we're all, nice. pan- we're all panicking. It's going to come down. But you don't soon. want to drive to Iowa for the other thing. I don't think the math works on that. <laughs> no, that'd be a little rude, but it'd be a nice drive, though. It would, yeah. I've never been to Iowa. Uh, we have a text from Sean uh, in Cleveland, and he asked us, would we consider having someone from the Center for Auto Safety on one of our shows to continue the conversation about safety? And I'm, I'll answer for, oh, yeah, well, any any expert, any guest that we um, is interested, uh, we, we would love to have him on the show, either as a call-in a call, yeah. um, or, or, or physically in the, in the studio now that we're past the Omicron surge. Um, yeah, that's great. We would love to have any kind of guest. So please, all listeners, suggest if you have an expert or somebody who uh, you think might be willing to call in, or visit us, that would be great. Um, we have a text here. Uh, P.S. Gas is high. 
to make up for when COVID hit, no one was buying. Well, you know what? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna agree with you because when you look at the uh, oil companies' profits, it's not like they're just adjusting prices uh, in response to increased cost of oil. It's their their, their profits are all time records. So, yeah, it, it kind of hurt the year when no one was driving, and, and they're they're gonna make up for it. Like car dealers, like car dealers are doing right now. Twenty uh, twenty twenty was was rough, and then it got really good. Yeah, <laughs> on the rise. All right, well, I'm all cut up over here. Let me um, plug the consumer reports. Uh, because uh, I know we do it every week. This happens to be a special week. We got our new auto issue. It's the April issue, and I'm holding it up if you're streaming. It's a doozy. It's the April issue, Mm -hmm. and if you don't do anything else that you uh, hear recommended on the show, buy yourself a copy of the auto issue, the annual auto issue of Consumer Reports. You should go online too. You should sign up for cr.org, customerreports.org, and uh, you should do it online. It's relatively inexpensive, and you can go to a library and you can go online free to Consumer Reports, or you can actually get a free copy, or to you can borrow it, you can check it out, yeah, or read it. Idea. Yeah, so that's a hot-looking Hyundai on the cover. Yeah, and they some of some of the uh, uh, topics. They my favorite topic. Uh, is the best and worst cars. And they give you a list of all the worst cars and the best cars. You know, I don't expect you're gonna go out there and always buy the best car, number one ranked, because you like styling, maybe you like the dealer, maybe you like the salesman that works there, for whatever reason. But don't buy the worst. But don't buy the worst, yeah. (laughs) why Why would anybody buy the worst car of all the it, men. It's got to be a pretty charming car. No, I'm not all. To, to, to stimulate some calling, I'd like you to guess what is the worst make, not model, what is the, the worst make car sold in the world? And that's in Consumer Reports, the very worst. And uh, don't guess. I, I know well, what my guess. answer would be, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. Is there a, is there a Russian car? Well, yes, sir. Zeal. Z I L, yeah. You're thinking Zeal. of a Yugo. No, it's not a Yugo. So, okay. Um, if we don't have any calls, I can I can give you some more on the Consumer Reports. Hey, I um, have something. I'm going to interrupt you. It's about okay. safety. It's about headlights. And uh, it, you know, it's in the spotlight again. And uh, Rick always has something great to say about these uh, headlights. Uh, but also in the AAA um, magazine. Uh, they talk about uh, the automakers are they're getting an incentive to offer better headlights on more vehicles reducing the number of nighttime crashes what do you have to say about that um you know considering uh, it has been in the spotlight before and they really have fine-tuned the headlights to work a whole lot better i think there needs to be a warning light on the dash of every car when your headlight bulb goes out and it needs to be big, bright, yeah. and obnoxious because one of the, my pet peeves is driving around and seeing people with their high beams on because one of their low beam headlights is burned out and they're not going to get the headlight fixed. Is that right? It's annoying as all get out to me. But I mean, it's just something that people, it, your headlights are important. If one of your bulbs burns out, get it replaced. They're really not that expensive in the long run. 
Okay, let's get the number out again. We need some more callers. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, that number is 877-960-9960. And you can text us also at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymous feedback. And we, we forget that people dial in and dial out. So I don't think we're giving the number out often enough because of the fact that we're now in the second hour. And uh, people that listen to the first hour, they called in, and now we need to give the number out in the second hour. And I'll, I'll do that again. Write it down. Write this number down just in case uh, you can't call now and or you don't have a question. Yeah. 877 960 9960. That's 877-960-9960. And the texts that come in, the anonymous feedback, uh, we, we save those up, but we don't have any in the archive now. So text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And the anonymous feedback, usually we have so many of those we can't okay. get to all of them, so yeah. uh, youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. Give, yeah. us a, give us a shout. Hey, mm-hmm. um, now you say the number a whole lot slower than I do. That's <laughs> he, great. He's trying, he's trying <laughs> to stretch out the show so we can get the <laughs> hey, Mr. Shopping Report. Uh, to wrap up the headlight uh, safety spotlight, uh, let me say this. I think, um, Rick, what I, I really like about it is that the uh, Insurance Institute of Highway Safety developing, you know, this uh, incentive program. You know, I think it's a great idea because headlights are very, very important, and they're important to maintain. Head, headlights bore me. Well, I, 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 What's how about that? Headlights Headlight. Yeah, but but night driving in general is a very interest, is interesting subject. Right. <laughs> Look at Nancy. Put the camera on Nancy. Right I'll, now. I'll put one one quick word out. It's a post from Donovan. Uh, yeah, he he comes up with some good information here. We can finally have adaptive headlights in the U.S. It only took the U.S. government a decade plus to say it was okay. Even though Europe and Asia, they've been around for well over a decade. I, I got a better idea. We eliminate headlights entirely, and, and everybody wears night vision glasses. Okay. Or w- night vision yeah, I um, say just get autonomous cars yeah, and eliminate exactly, headlights. Yeah. That's how right. About the, how about the... Uh, okay. Well, I want to say, with autonomous cars, you don't need headlights. That would be a very interesting right. experience. Exactly. Okay. Um, but seriously, I did... Uh, <laughs> Dad, you got to look over there at, at, at Nancy. She's, she's glaring at you. About uh, on night driving, there was a really interesting article in Road and Track I read yesterday about that human beings are just not meant to drive at night, and there, they, there's a whole host of reasons why. And they said that 50, over half of all um, fatal traffic ac- accidents happen between like uh, 6 p.m. and 6 a.m., so it's at night. We can't see it. It's, it's, it's from biology, physiology, all these different and, reasons and, why. And everything just, in between. It's a miracle that we're able to drive a car at night. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I realized that just recently when I had to leave the house at 630 in the morning. Uh-huh. You know, the world sure does look a whole lot different. And your headlights that yeah. you turn on. And, and your physiology they, is different. Your your body, your, your clock, you're your, your shutting down, you're, you're getting ready to sleep, and you're not as alert yeah. and all and that. I, and then i got to deal with my circadian rhythm. Yeah. I mean, that's off. Yeah, I don't even talk about <laughs> circadian rhythms. Because they're going to change the uh, make Rick's daylight savings permanent. Hold on a second. When they make daylight I savings no permanent, rhythm. we're all, all going to be babbling incoherently right now. You realize that? Everybody. I everybody am going to go back to the phones because we're not getting any callers, hey. and nobody knows what to say. Hey, so. hey, hey. 
Tell us about your barracuda. How about that? (laughs) Or how about your diet? Uh, What about my biological clock? Yeah. Okay, I digress. Okay, we are going to go to Sheila. I think Rick's going to leave. Thank God. Sheila, thank you. (laughs) Sheila is a first-time caller. Oh, come on. (laughs) Sheila, good morning. Do you hear us? We're crazy this morning. I hear you perfectly. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But you can can you hear our craziness? <laughs> okay, uh, Sheila. No, I know you're crazy. But go ahead. You are a first time caller, and for that, you win yourself fifty dollars this morning. Thank you for helping me build this platform for the ladies. And if you send me your address, I can send you fifty dollars. How would you like that? I accept. Uh, I love it. Two-word answer. And send it right to send that address right to my email address, okay? Go to Earl on Cars. My email address is right there. I'll save you some time. Okay. Um, so okay. what's your question? So, she forgot. No, no, I did not forget my question. <laughs> Ladies, uh, do not forget their about, questions. You were talking about the rise in gas prices. So... Why do people think the gas prices went up? Well, most people don't understand why gas prices go up, um, but because it's a little bit more complicated. But um, what what say you? <laughs> well, it's oil prices, right? It's a market. It's a yeah. part. It's a it's a it's priced on the on on international yeah, markets. But ser- seriously, what happens is when oil skyrockets, which it did, then the gas manufacturers, the distillers, uh, the gas stations. Um, Exxon's and Mobil and the rest of them, they all say, oh, high gas, high oil prices are preparing the public so I can raise gas prices. Typically what happens, uh, there, there should be logically supply and demand, there should be a big lag between oil prices going up and gas prices going up because there's a lot of gasoline and, and refined oil in the pipeline. but. They raise it anyway because they know they can. So it's supply and demand, but it's prompted by uh, record high oil prices. So, sir, um, weren't we gas independent? Well, that's a, I, that I, that might be a question no. for, you know, another show. Uh, it, 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 there's so many opinions out there, Sheila, uh, for your first question, your second question, and well, you really get knee deep in uh, well, the, uh, reali- the, the real answer. Yeah. Well, the reality is is that it's, nothing is in de- is independent. Is that it's a, it's a global market, and that to just say we're going to be gas independent is not a, a realistic thing it's a, like you said it's priced on a global commodities market and when it, when there's a perception or an actual shortage the price will go up and if there is a uh, surplus or a perception of a surplus the price will go down yeah and we were just talking about the oil companies and the profit that they're making right now uh the sort that really makes up for you know everybody that was off the road during the when the pandemic first hit so um there's a lot of variables here and it is a huge discussion and like i said everybody's got an opinion and then there's the you know real answer so i hope that i have uh, a question i have a question um, to me, it seems uh, probably the, we'll call it the beginning, um, when we cut off our, our pipeline. 
Well, Keystone. As soon as we cut off that pipeline, yeah, as soon as we cut it off, it started going up. Yeah. It was never running on ship, push, uh, put, uh, shipping gas. So there, it was, had no effect on, on markets, just on perception, on future production. Yeah. We're getting into a political it's, discussion it, yeah, here. It, it does it turn political. And on and on. Yeah. And, but uh, Sheila. But there's, two, there's two sides. I, I, can, I, I think a simple answer, Sheila, is it's supply and demand. And the good news is 20 years from now, there won't be any gas cars to worry about. They'll all be electric, and the gas crisis will be over. But, Sheila, um, I've got two more calls um, waiting, and I do appreciate your call. And please spread the word. Let the ladies know that we are trying to build a platform here. And do send me that address, and I'll get that $50 out to you. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show, and uh, I listen to it as much as I can. I oh, think thank you. Guys you, are thank, great. you thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go to Charles. Have a good day. You're, you too. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Charles, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Charles. And Tony, hang on. Don't go anywhere. Tony's calling us from Georgia. We'll be right with you after we talk to Charles. Good morning, Charles. Well, good, good morning. I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, one, um, I had to replace my battery, and I'm wondering, did not, quote, get recalibrated by the dealer. Um, is, that, is that just bogus, or what's going on? Um, there's what, what what car do you have? What, what's the year model? A, a Vol, I've got a Vol, I've got two Volvos actually, um, and they're both up. Well, one's in Connecticut and one's down here in Florida. Mm-hmm. And the AAA replaced the battery, but the dealers said, "Oh, well, it's not properly synced or calibrated or something like that. Um, that needs to be done." Usually, the only thing needs to be done is like the the power windows might need to be. Uh, initialized as they call it and same thing for like if you have a, a, a sunroof or a moonroof and usually that's accomplished by operating the control at each door you'd simply press it for the down position when it gets all the way down hold it for a few seconds and then pull it for the up position and when the way it gets all the way up hold it for a few seconds and do the same thing for your uh, power roof if you have one I didn't know that. uh, that's they, great information okay. They, they develop, they, they have a memory as to where the full open and full closed is so that the auto features will work. And so as long as those are functioning normally, uh, the only other thing is the computer in the car will take a little time to relearn its settings when you're driving. Because what happens is when you replace the battery, it forgets everything that it had learned while you were driving the car so it doesn't learn how you drive the car so it's going to kind of like relearn that and it may drive a little odd for the first couple days but it's going to relearn it very quickly and you'll be just fine okay um i've got a couple more questions one uh, other one is oil changes i drive maybe three thousand or so miles during the winter down here and about the same amount when I'm back up in Connecticut. But each time I do that, I bring it into the dealer, and I'm told, well, you need a, uh, an annual oil change. Um, I figure that oil's been around for a couple million years, and why do I suddenly need an oil change after a year? And only 3,000 miles. Good question, okay. Rick. Right, but uh, bear in mind that even when your car is sitting still, the outside air with the uh, water vapor, water moisture, is getting into your engine, and so that is actually contaminating the oil a little bit at a time. Uh, you know how you get your condensation build up on the windows and it will drip down? Yeah. 
that moisture is forming inside the engine as well and that water and the dirt are beginning to mix with the oil that's why we recommend still uh, at least once a year an oil change should be done according to what your manufacturer says in your owner's manual and it will usually say like one year or every 10,000 miles or like every six months every 5,000 miles whichever comes first right as which whichever one comes first and it's going to be based each car is different though I've seen some they say once a year or every 7,500 miles. Charles, that's one of the most commonly asked questions and misunderstood. And many people uh, like you, it makes sense. Uh, we have a lot of low mileage drivers uh, for customers in our dealership. And some of, some of them just, all they do is go to the grocery store or the drugstore, and they might put two or 3,000 miles a year on the car. You know, why do I have to change my oil when I only got 3,000 miles in my car? I mean, that, that makes sense, but Rick explained it. It has to do with sitting in a garage or anywhere you keep your car as well sits there it has problems with condensation and contamination even though you don't drive it yeah i don't mind i mean I, the cost is de minimis so i don't really yeah. worry about it yeah. i just wondered if that was real my bigger questions actually have to do with hybrids and electrics i understand that the electrics are coming uh, i'm just trying to imagine a horror show that occurs say on uh, the jersey turnpike when there are 20 cars waiting in line for a quick charge, and uh, you got to wait in line for that to happen, and then somebody, it's almost like the old days when you went to the laundromat, someone left their blue jeans sitting in the uh, dryer, and they never came back for them, and you're sitting there waiting for this guy to get back in his car while he's enjoying a Charles, you're absolutely right. or something like that. And, and how are we going to deal with, with all these pileups that people waiting for their chargers? Yeah, today it would it would be a challenge if you suddenly put all electric cars on the road today. It'd be a hell of a problem because you you wouldn't you'd be in line like you say. But technology is taking care of it. And uh, earlier in the show, you probably hadn't tuned in. I did uh, about the Israeli. Israeli, yeah. So so we'll, we'll, you'll be able to charge a battery faster than you can put gas in your car, and we'll have the infrastructure, the charging stations in place. But it'll be painful as we grow, Could like imagine, any major change. Imagine in in eighteen ninety somebody saying well if you gave every american a car how are you going to fill it up with gas there's exactly. only two gas stations in the united states <laughs> exactly, i mean yeah. things things will adapt hmm. okay i have a final question um with a prius prius has been out since what 2000 or 2005 1999 something like that in Japan. Yeah. okay well it was a couple of years but uh, the batteries this is a question that everybody has to ask because i'm thinking about a hybrid but I'm thinking about the battery life and the cost to replace. What's the story with these old Priuses? What what happens? I mean, didn't I hear about somebody who had a, a, a Tesla that the battery had to be replaced prematurely and he just decided to blow it up? Yeah, <laughs> he exploded it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Rick, tell him about Priuses. Actually, let me correct one thing here. Uh, Donovan, who he has a lot of knowledge on this, so this, this is something I didn't know. Uh, he says... Volvo has to reset the battery's life in the computer because it resets how the charge will how the car will charge the battery as it ages. Uh, he says a lot of European cars, the computer charges the battery at a different rate depending on its age, and it will not reset itself automatically. Okay, well that was a whole different question so, yeah. from the previous caller. Uh, what about uh, yeah. now for the Prius, Prius batteries? Uh, generally, Toyota wants to try to get any old hybrid batteries back 
so that they can be properly recycled. Well, let me ask you this question. I think this will answer Charles. Uh, when's the last time you had to replace a battery in a Prius? I mean, there's millions of Priuses on the highway. Uh, let's see. We did one in the shop about three days ago. Okay. Uh, um, over six-month period, how many Prius batteries do you replace? Mm, I'm going to say... Six to ten at the most yeah. in a like, six-month period. Like one a month. Yeah. So, so it's not a huge problem. It seems like it might be, but, you know, it's like the, uh, the the batteries in all electric cars. And they say, yeah, they have a life, and when they expire, you know, when the battery's dead, you got to replace it. It is expensive, but usually the life of the car is about the same as the life of the battery, and the car gets scrapped or the car goes away somewhere. I don't know what happens to old cars, like old soldiers, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we just don't replace. Away. We just don't replace very many Prius batteries, nope. and there's millions of them on the road. Nope. And the greater majority of those cars, when they eventually are too damaged in an accident, or the yeah. customer just decides, okay, that's it, yeah. uh, it's time for it to go, they wind up at a scrapyard where most of the parts are recycled. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for all the information. Thank I you, Charles. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Thanks. Charles. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to go to Georgia, where Tony has been holding. Good morning, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Thank I've you for being question. so patient. Yeah, I've, I've called once before. I've got a question. I have a 2010 Honda that got caught in a puddle and sat for about an hour and a half before the tow truck picked it up. Mm-hmm. I took it to a, uh, a mechanic, and they said the engine locked up, and I got to replace the engine. Ooh. All right? Uh, I'm wondering if that short a time, like, like two hours, would cause that kind of problem. And I subsequently ended up just buying another Honda Odyssey. So I got this car sitting on the curb. What's the best way to junk it if I got to replace the engine? How deep was the puddle? The, actually, the puddle was not very deep. Um, it it should have just came up to the bottom of the engine, maybe about two or three inches above the bottom of the engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the question I actually have on it is, uh, was obviously the engine was running when you went into the puddle. Did it yes. stall out and, and stop? It started stalling actually before I went into the puddle. Okay, it was a heavy rain, uh-huh. and then it, it, and then when I went into the puddle, it went. It definitely stalled. Okay, and when you tried to start it, if you turned the key, what what were you hearing? Oh boy, it's been some months back in August, but uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it 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 finally the battery just ran down. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but it, I didn't was the engine much. still spinning over, or would it just do like a, uh, a like a loud clunk sound? No, no, didn't, uh, no, no clunk sound, no clunk sound at all. Hmm. Okay, but but I, I think the the mechanic is telling me, and I'm suspicious that it locked up. Yeah, you should get it checked again because Rick's wondering if a water was sucked up into the engine. Right. They should be able to show you what. What normally happens in a case where you run into water like that is water gets sucked into the air intake and gets sucked inside the engine. And that's because a lot of cars, for some reason, 
they put the air intake really low so when you hit that water that wave initially hits and it doesn't take a whole lot of water in the engine and that engine's spinning really fast and when it tries to compress that water things bend and break and then that locks up that motor that didn't happen in charles case because he said he was having a problem before he went into the puddle right and if it stalled out and you could still crank it and it would crank over pretty much normally i'd have another mechanic look at that engine you may not have all that much damage on in the engine it may still be worth fixing it you always want to get a second opinion when you talk about an expensive repair <coughs> anyway so even if he's right you want to confirm it just like a doctor yeah. you get a second opinion and if you didn't get a whole lot of water inside the car that car could still be worth quite a bit of money if you, i mean it may very well be worth putting a uh, a used engine in it uh you know I, I would get second opinion on what went wrong you know what you've got going on with yours right now yeah but a 2010 honda those those are worth the money they're they're worth keeping because they just hondas and toyotas are the two brands that they're kind of like the everyman car everyone can find a way to afford one and subaru oh and subaru yeah i I keep forgetting subaru they're such great cars i couldn't have said it any better but they hold their value so that's that's one that's worthwhile i wouldn't give up on it just yet especially in this element uh it's just tony it may be worth your while to get a couple more opinions uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, does it sound like as if it's a flood damaged car? Not it really, really. It really isn't. Cla- I don't think it's classified as such. Yeah, and even even if the water got really deep and seeped in, that doesn't cause so much of the damage in the engine. It's when the water gets really deep yeah. inside the car that causes. Yeah. At that point, now you've got problems that you don't really want to be involved in. Tony, I hope we answered yeah. your question. Okay, I'm going to add this. When the tow truck came to pull me out, it put me deeper in the water, and then that finally got into just at the floorboard of the cabin. But that was only for about 20 minutes. Okay. Well, if the engine wasn't running, that wouldn't have hurt it any more than it was hurt. Right. No, the engine wasn't running. Yeah, and you you can sometimes even dry that out with a couple things of that damp rid. You can get it at Home Depot. Yeah, great product. And put those in and close close the doors and windows up. And just let it soak, and it will suck up all that moisture out of there. Yeah, that's a product I use. I believe in that, definitely. But now, I, I definitely get a question. second opinion. Okay. I t- will get the. I will do that. I will, one last question: If I have to junk it, what's the best way to do that? Give multiple bids. Uh, back during cash for clunkers, you remember that? Uh, we used to get multiple bids, and you'd be surprised how the bids will go anywhere from three hundred to three thousand dollars. And uh, even though you have a what might be a salvageable car, uh, get at least three bids. Yeah, you, you can find those guys on the internet. They'll say we buy junk cars, and they'll have signs around quite often. Yeah, I uh, get several bids from them and see what they say. Internet best Thank best you. way to go. But please give us a call back. Let us know how that works out for you, Tony. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we'll wait to hear from you, Tony. Uh, To the roadrunner out there, um, sorry we didn't get to your call quick enough. If you're listening, um, I'm not sure. I think uh, Jonathan is just about ready. It's about that. Yeah, it's about that time he just signaled me. Uh, We're going to freeze up the lines because we do have to uh, get to our mystery shopping report. And roadrunner Steve, you got to be fast to catch the roadrunner. Are are you still there, uh, roadrunner Steve? Oh, there you are. We are fast enough. There you go. 
Yeah. Okay. My question is maybe a guy from Department of Motor Vehicles, Anthony. The cars today with the backup camera and self-parking cars, when somebody goes to take a driving test, are they allowed to use those advantages in order to pass the driver's test to get a driver's license? I'm going to say no. Eh. You're allowed to use them, but you must also make sure Automatic that you parking? use... Each year, well, not the automatic parking, okay. <laughs> but you you must also, if you're doing the backup portion, make sure you use the mirrors yeah. and you turn and look over your shoulder and do the you yeah. know the full look around. I was just talking about the, the self parking thing. And the <laughs> I reason I know this, pass a driving test. Uh, <laughs> one one of our techs at the shop, his daughter, recently failed her driving test because she did not. She didn't look around. Look around and look in the yeah, mirror. I had that discussion with she my was kids. Relying on the backup camera. Well, when I was teaching my kids to drive, we had I said, "Yes, this, these are nice little technology. You still have to learn how to look around and use your eyeballs." Yeah, that's now, a that's now, a bad. Earl, could you take your Tesla in full self driving mode and and get your driver's license with that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't got my safety score high enough yet. Or yet now? I'm still at ninety six. Oh, okay, that's way better than me. But I don't have a Tesla okay, anymore. Okay, the guy that just called. You should get the damper at Dollar Tree. It's a lot cheaper. It's only okay. a buck and a quarter. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that, Roadrunner Steve. It's great okay, hearing I from you. I spent twenty dollars on four gallons of West Ninety, so I'm a happy camper. Uh huh. Hey. There you go. Uh-huh. Hey. There you go. All, right. All right. Everybody, stay safe and well. You too. You see. Th- see. Meet me. Thank you. We'll yeah. hear from you again. Thank I you. hope. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, 772-497-6530. We uh, implore you to uh, rate the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, Asian Lightning did a fabulous job again. And uh, that Mystery Shopping Report is from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike Camlin Hyundai. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to go back to Stu real quick. Yeah, we had a few uh, texts that came in. They they heard uh, the slowly read... Uh, text line and they, they texted us. Amory says, um, could you please explain automatic light settings? If I keep my car lights in the auto setting, do cars switch from daylight running lights to full low beams when it's dark? And are there taillights on the daylight running lights? Please clarify. So yes, if you are in automatic, when it gets dark enough, your headlights will come on normally. And when it gets light enough, they'll go out. Um, that is, um, with the daytime running lights though, your question they do not have taillights on when the daylight when they're running and that actually kind of poses a problem because people the daytime running lights it's a lower intensity than the regular headlights so you can it can get dark you might think your your um, headlights are on because you see light in front of your car and uh but your taillights are not on so uh, that's that is an issue but great question yeah uh next question who's this from here this is from sean um I'm approaching 40,000 miles, and my service person says I'm reaching the recommended interval to change my spark plugs. Uh, what spark? What do spark plugs do, and how important is it to change them? And he has got a 2019 VW Jetta. Okay. Uh, spark plugs basically are what ignites the air-fuel mixture in the combustion chamber of the engine, and following the manufacturer's recommended time for replacement, what happens is if you don't replace them in time, they'll begin to wear down and eventually you won't get as good a solid spark therefore it cannot burn the mixture properly and you're going to start to lose a little bit of power in the engine and you get a lot more carbon deposits and buildup in the engine typically how many miles uh you, you see that happen well it depends on the car they told them for 40,000 yeah some some cars recommend them at 30,000 other cars 40 
Other cars are rated, yeah. they use special plugs, and they can go up 150,000 miles. in the scheduled maintenance guide of the owner's manual. Exactly. So, yeah, Robbie, just make sure that, um, that that's what it says in your owner's manual, scheduled maintenance guide, that 40,000 miles is, is when you're supposed to on that vehicle. Can I, can I back up to Anne-Marie? Because uh, yeah. uh, she always makes me think. <laughs> and I, I was thinking while she was, you were reading her text. Uh, 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 brake lights. In my Tesla and in hybrids and all electric cars, uh, when you take your foot off the glass, you uh, not, not in hybrids, just on the all, just electric. Well, you, well, you the taillights don't, the brake lights don't come on when you take the gas take no. off the gas in the hybrid. No, it well, does on the Tesla. Lights don't come on in, in the Tesla either. It does too. It does. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, when you take your foot off the accelerator pedal, the, bra- the brake lights will come on. The brake lights come mm-hmm. on even if you're coasting. Yes, you can see the. You can actually see it. There's a little display on the car. And um, the, wow! In yeah. the Tesla, I didn't, oh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No, either. no. Let yeah. me explain a little bit more. So, yeah. if you're driving in your car and you ease off the gas, it won't come off. It, it, the computer knows at a certain point it, when it a pre, when it, you start to actually slow down, then the brake lights will come on hmm. on your car. Well, when you slow down the gas, when you take your foot off the gas, the brake lights will come on even yeah. if you're not touching the brake pedal. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what about the hybrid? No. Oh. no. Hybrid, you take your foot off the gas, the brake lights will not come on unless you press the brake pedal. So they yeah. should. They, so the hybrids should do what Tesla does. Well, it doesn't slow it down nearly as much as what yeah, it's all electric. Yeah. yeah. I, I I use that as a. As your brake? When I'm looking out and I see brake lights. Isn't I that know, good to know, though? That yeah. now that you thought yeah. that you were braking, but nobody knew you were braking? Yeah, yeah. They, they knew you were braking. Yeah, well, thank God for <laughs> that. Oh. That's good for you to know as well. You're safe. <laughs> Um, one last question. This is from Robbie and Stuart. It says, good morning. Do uh, modern hybrid cars hold their value as good as non-hybrid car or better? Um, historically, hybrid cars have hold their value um, more than, than regular gas. And now in this current weird inventory shortage crisis and, and, and used car prices are, are surging, um, I, I don't have any data whether how much better it is now, but Traditionally, hybrids have held their better, uh, value are you, better. Are you speaking of Toyotas or all? All hybrids. hybrids. Um, I just I looked it up, so I don't oh, know. This. It was uh, it was like after four years. Um, reg- this is a few years ago, so that's why I mentioned we're in a weird situation. And it was in, after four years, a gas car on average lost fifty percent of its value, uh, or fifty four percent, and a hybrid lost like just under fifty percent. So it was a little bit. Yeah, better. that's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're ready to. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go to that mystery shopping report, and I'm going to remind everyone out there, you can text us with your um, rating on this mystery shopping report from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, we'd love to hear from you at 772-497-6530, and that's from Mike Camlin, Hyundai of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Okay, if uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania sounds familiar to us because Earl Stewart on Cars was doing some mystery shopping up there back in September. Agent Lightning paid a visit to Smail, S-M-A-I-L. That's a funny name. I, yeah. I think I guess it's got to be the family name. It's from Caddyshack. Sounds like Snail. Smail Mazda. Just as we we're getting into the worst part of the worldwide inventory crisis. And boy, was it a change from what we've seen here in South Florida. We talked about this earlier in the show cultures in different parts of the country i mean let's face it the midwest they got nicer people out there yeah uh, and uh it's it's very interesting and i know i'm overstating it but each area of the country is different and this mystery shopping report reminded us of that at the time of the shop selling over of the last shop in pennsylvania 
uh, selling over MSRP was well established across the entire country. South Florida is expected. Dealer pricing was more brutal. Everything is more brutal in South Florida than in most places. What we didn't expect was a discount, which is sort of what we got at Smell Mazda. Uh, Smell gave Agent Lightning, this is the previous shop, a $269 discount off MSRP. Unheard of. Of course, right after that, they added in a small dock fee, dealer fee, $394. In South Florida, it's $1,000 plus. But it was the closest thing to a discount we'd seen in a while. And since, as a matter of fact. Going back to Greensburg, Pennsylvania, will give, uh, give us a clear understanding of what we experienced last time. Smell Mazda is either a one-of-a-kind, super-duper awesome dealership, or it's representative of the other dealers in the Pittsburgh metro area, in the Midwest, or somewhere in between. We're going to find out now. Knowing if there's an oasis of car dealer goodness in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is valuable information for our audience, and that's why we do this. Agent Lightning traveled to this area this week and volunteered for another long-distance mystery shop. Her mission was the same, pick out a new vehicle, hopefully in stock, try to buy it for MSRP or less. If you could get for MSRP, you really got yourself a home run in today's market. We honestly didn't know what to expect. For the most part, the situation is the same as it was last September. Vehicle supply is not keeping up with demand. Deals are charging thousands over MSRP using devices such as market value adjustments and cheap dealer installed accessories. Cheap, and I call them valueless. Things are still crazy here in South Florida, and we have every reason to believe things will be crazy in Pittsburgh. So we're going to find out. Here's a report. I'm speaking in the first person, like Iowa's agent, uh, um, Lightning, and that female. Uh, for my mission in Greensburg, I deputized my in-laws to be a part of the Earl Sterling Cars investigative team. My mother-in-law is actually in the market for a new car, against her wishes since her car was totaled a week ago, so she played the role of a customer. Perfect. It's reality. It's going to really going to be fun to go at them with a very realistic situation. And my father-in-law uh, came along for the ride. My mother-in-law, Donna, is interested in the small SUV and is actively considering Hyundais. So she called the local Hyundai dealership, Mike Camlin Hyundai. C-A-M-L-I-N, Mike Camlin Hyundai in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. She made an appointment with a salesman named Jesse, and we hopped in the car and drove to the dealership. Jesse met us in the lot where, when we pulled in. He, uh, he asked Donna some questions about what she was interested in and made some small talk with us. I said I was there to make sure Donna doesn't buy anything she doesn't need. Jesse said he completely understood. Jesse led the three of us into the showroom, found a desk for us to sit at, as he pulled up uh, the, uh, the dealership new car inventory on his computer, he sighed and admitted they didn't have much to choose from. We hear that every week nowadays. Jesse became excited as he reported that they had a new 2022 Hyundai Kona SEL in all-wheel drive that just came into stock. He checked to see if it was available and happily let us know that it was. I asked if we could see it and Jesse told us to follow him. As he walked, Jesse told my father-in-law they noticed his U.S. Army veteran hat and asked if he was retired military, very observant of him. My father-in-law told him that he was, and Jesse said that he could get a $500 military rebate from Hyundai. Now, that was a 
pleasant surprise. It's a nicer application of that real rebate as opposed exactly. to using it in an ad to lower the price. It, it, yeah, a real, a real application. That's how it's supposed to be. Used. And Stu was alluding to the fact that you know they advertise, including a rebate you can't get, and then they ask you if you're in the Army, and you say no, and you say, I'm sorry, you got to raise the price $500. But in this particular situation, it was real. We all thought that was great and thanked him. Then he said they could get another $500 off if they chose to finance with Hyundai. And that interests me right there, and it's even more interesting as we go along. We found the Kona, cute little SUV, and pulse red. Donald loved it. The MSRP was 26345 Now, that's a low MSRP. There was no addendum in sight. I relaxed a little bit. Uh, highly unusual, especially in South Florida. The car was still wrapped in plastic. Just came off the truck, in, inside and out, and there was only one mile on the odometer. I don't think I've ever seen a Either car I, one usually, mile. We typically see like six or seven when I it gets why in. That is. Maybe they don't test their cars as thoroughly as Toyota does. <laughs> Jesse went over all the features with my in-laws while I hung back and observed. Jesse really took his time with them to answer the questions. That's nice. He went on to sell the dealership special offers, lifetime powertrain warranty and oil changes for life. He said they even offer complimentary manicures every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah she texted us about now, that. Now, that amazes me because I can see that in a Cadillac or a luxury car dealership. Hyundai. But offering complimentary manicures in a Hyundai dealership. Hyundai in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. In Greensburg, Pennsylvania. I don't know. I, I can see maybe Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. right. But. Jesse and Donna took a test drive, and when they came back, he asked if all of us, if we had any questions before we got the numbers together. Donna told him that she planned to finance with a credit union, and we advise everyone, check with your credit union. If you have access to one, typically you'll get a much better interest rate. Uh, so check with a credit union, Hempfield Area Federal Credit Union in Greensburg. She said she needed to bring them a buyer's order. Jesse said that wouldn't be a problem, and told her that Hyundai offers 0% for 48 months and 3.5% for 72 months. Uh, now, the thing that I, I find interesting is we see a lot of uh, incentive programs where it's the cash or the lower right. interest rate. Here, apparently, we have the cash $500 off if they finance with Hyundai and 0% or 3.5% for a uh, longer term. He reminded her that they would get an additional $500 off for going through Hyundai Finance. So in this case, you have your cake and eat it too. Well, I love it. Uh, Donna, Donna nodded, so that's, that's good. He left to get the numbers, returned with a worksheet, um, and there were, there were no pricing details, just a selling price in a grid with payments and terms. The selling price was $25,345, which reflected the $1,000 in rebates military and Hyundai finance. And I wonder myself, I just, you know, I should, it's probably not important to anybody but me. Why would Hyundai uh, incentivize someone at 0% and... Well, I mean, Toyota doesn't do that directly. They have they have loyalty. So yeah, if you, if you yeah. lease or finance with them, you get an extra 
if you come if you're repeating you know going back with them you get another 500 but yeah i've seen this before so yeah i don't i don't quite yeah. understand the motivation yeah sometimes sometimes they want you to finance with them because they make money when they finance even the finance company can make money so here they make no money is zero percent and they give you five hundred dollars anyway yeah. I, I digress jesse said that he included gap in, oh yeah, yeah wasn't Je jesse that. said he included gap insurance and an extended warranty in the payments okay well there's a first little you know, shady iffy, thing iffy, yeah. that we've seen. Donna told Jesse that if she financed with them, she would uh, uh, want only gap insurance and not the extended warranty. Very smart thing to say. I asked for a better breakdown of the pricing. And if you put nothing down, you got zero percent. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a, the gap insurance could be a good buy if it were priced right. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesse said he would be right back with that and came back with another worksheet. I like it without a mask. I can lick my fingers now when I turn the page. This was labeled cash deal structure. It showed the same price, 25345 as well as 995 and optional items. And that he, was the gap. Yeah, he explained that was the gap insurance. Gap insurance, yeah. Uh, that sounds like a lot of money for gap insurance, it's, doesn't it? It's in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. In, in, the, in the ballpark, okay. Yeah. And then a $422 dealer fee, they call it a document prep fee, which is... Uh, really low compared to what we see in Florida. So, a low dealer fee and uh, fairly priced gap insurance mm -hmm. and a uh, good price in today's market. Jesse then pulled up Hempfield Credit Union's website, very smart, found their published financing rate. He showed us that Hyundai's rates were better and reminded us again that you get an additional $500 rebate. <coughs> Don agreed to use their financing, but only if they promised to run their credit only once, Jesse promised, he handed them uh, two credit applications to fill out as they were pulling them out down his credit union. Representative called her on her cell phone. Wow. They discussed the offer from Hyundai, and the representative from the credit union said they could do much better than what was published online. That's interesting, too. I mean, it's kind of a hometown. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be able to do <coughs> 0%, but yeah, on yeah. a longer term, they yeah. might be able to do better than 3.5. Exactly. So. Uh, Donna decided to wait and told Jesse this. Uh, she needed to take some time to hear what Hemfield had to offer and sort out everything. Sort everything out. We thanked him for his time, gathered our things, and headed out. And there you have it: different culture, different part of the country, a different car salesman, and uh, it's just uh, it's like uh, La La Land compared to. Fort Lauderdale, Miami, or yeah, Palm Beach County. It's like Kansas. Yeah, it is like Kansas. But yeah, back in Kansas. It is. So we got a vote, and uh, it's. Uh, I don't want to taint the vote by giving my opinion, but it was yeah. a breath of um, fresh yeah. air. It's pretty clear. I think. I think they get an A. Yeah. Um, I don't have any te any texted in yet, but I have a feeling the sentiment will be the same. Yeah. It is. Uh, any YouTube votes? I'm waiting on them, but uh, nothing just yet. You know, I would I would almost want to encourage uh, Angel Lightning to do some other out of state because you know maybe we're maybe we're not appreciating the true uh, temperature of the country when it comes to morals and transparency of car dealers because it's night and day uh, for sure Greensburg Pennsylvania compared to uh, West Miami, Palm Beach. Florida yeah, yeah. or Miami or, yeah yeah it's just night and day so uh 
I don't know how we're going to do this, but uh, we can't actually be sending her all over the world. No, but, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, you know, we'll just, talk about yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um, Bob says they get an A because you get, an a, get, because you get a manicure there. <laughs> so it sounds like Bob likes his, man, his manicures. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Pennsylvania uh, and we go to our recommended list, uh, that's great. But, I mean, uh, South Florida, you're out of luck. Yeah. Unless, but I'm telling you, you might even want to drive to Pennsylvania or fly if you get a good buy. If you have any reason to go up there, uh, if there's any any excuse, that would be a good time to to make it a car buying mission. With today's high prices, uh, it probably would pay you to drive a distance because you want to shop online. So let's say you did live in South Florida, you might want to drive to Orlando. We found out that you could buy a Lexus at MSRP in Orlando, that might have changed. It changed. Yeah. You, was, you, you could a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, they, then they... But I think up. you can still buy a Lexus in uh, Coconut Creek uh, from GM Lexus for just a teeny-weeny dealer fee. And uh, yeah. so you have to... If you could get a car at MSRP somewhere, it would pay you to drive to that location. Okay, we got a few coming in on YouTube here. Uh, Negan one says B for buy, A if they do pedicures. Uh, Kirk in West by God Virginia says a solid A, and he also goes on to say, how about trying Wheeling Subaru in Wheeling, West Virginia? Well, it's a suggestion. Okay, Brian Sedlako, I like this dealership. A, Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis in the Midwest, or he says Midwest honesty. A. Tom Steckel, B plus, only negative was the unspecified options for nine ninety five. Didn't change when the extended warranty was removed. Well, Tom, that was actually the gap insurance that she that yeah. she talked about. Fairly priced though. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Donovan says, gotta give him an A. He says, I would like to see you go to a Hyundai, Kia, or Ford dealership and try to buy an E V to see the experience difference. Uh, Cram sixteen twenty four says four twenty two fee question mark. Uh, well, I mean, for a dock fee, that's actually that's pretty low, low compared low, to low. what you get hit with well, down should, there. There should be no dealer fees. There should be no hidden yeah. fees. But if you got to have one, uh, make it low. And know. for me, I'm I'm going to say A- minus on it. If they didn't have the dock fee, it'd be an A-plus all the way. But I'll, okay. I'll give them the A. What do you say, Mrs. Yeah. Sunrise? Uh- <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, I question the Gallup poll, the honesty, ethics, and the profession, and we're way at the bottom as um, the auto industry just stays right there. It hasn't moved. But you read a mystery shopping report like this, <clears throat> and uh, I think it's a great idea that you have that we, you know, well, extend our reach a little more and check out these dealerships if we possibly can with Agent Lightning everywhere. But I give uh, I give Mike Allen, uh, Camlin uh, Hyundai of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, I give him an A. And there's really something to be said about the credit union and the interest rate uh, that continue they continuously offer in spite of what's going on in the auto industry, the shortages and everything that affects us. Mm-hmm. There's a chance for a person to, you know, finance their car at a reasonable interest rate. And no. A. 
You know, one thing we can do is uh, shop small towns. Let's, let's shop some small towns in Florida. Are there any small towns in Florida? There's a lot of small towns in Florida. <laughs> Boy, is there ever. Yeah. Well, we, I'm talking about small towns that are out of a metro area. Yeah, we could like Eustis or uh, yeah, Link City or yeah, yeah. <laughs> figure it out. Mount Dora. Mount Dora, I like that. There's a, is there a mountain in Florida I'm not aware of? No, but no. It's, a, it's a little town in uh, kind of like central Florida. Is that where that Andy Griffith is from? Very similar. Yeah. But it's it's like all... Like a mom, pa. Decorated up with fancy paintings and everything. It's a very, very down-home little city. Okay. Right. Uh, we'll try it. Uh, uh, hunt, did you uh, did you read the... I'm going to give them a name. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, that was, we uh, got two minutes. Really I got, One I got, and a half. I got tears in my eyes. It was, it, it was you know, for you, you, you'd be surprised how frustrating it is to go after a terrible report, terrible report. And I just, I just, it's like a rainbow. You know, you, you, there, there is, it's, there is yeah, honesty in this industry. It's like a, you're like a, like an ER doctor or, or like a, who has just been burned out by just so much carnage that you just can't take it. And then you get a happy story and it just changes your day. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Makes you me su- you suddenly yeah. get that one where oh. the lady came, comes in with the baby being born just as she's right. walking in. Everybody gets to see the baby. Exactly. Born. Yeah. So. Hey, let's take a trip to Green Acres. Let's go to, you know, Andy <clears throat> Griffin's uh, neck of the woods. We have one minute left. Stu, do you have uh, something for us? I'm going to find a town called Mayberry, and we're going to mystery shop it. There you go. Even if they don't have a car dealership. <laughs> and let, let me say one thing. Thank Nobody came up with the worst car, according to the <laughs> Andy Wanderosha. Wait, wait. Uh, Negan One actually did have one vote in on that. Uh-huh. He said Land Rover. He was close. Uh, the worst car is a Jeep. Uh, I knew it. And the next to worst, <laughs> next to worst was GMC, and uh, and Mitsubishi was third. But Land Rover, I think, was fourth. What well, the best car, by the way? What, I just that's really, a source on that. That looks like your notebook. That's your handwriting. I'm, I wrote. I, <laughs> I wrote. I, I, I okay, wrote from the report. The best car was Subaru. Best. And this there is you go. Make uh, the Subaru the best make car. Overall, the worst make Jeep. So, okay. uh, wow, I would have guessed Fiat. Hey, the recovering yeah, car, car dealer is going to close out the show this week. I have uh, one moment. Have a great weekend, and stay tuned. Next week, we'll be right back here at 8 a.m.